God is still speaking and he's speaking mightily and he's speaking powerfully and I'm incredibly honored. I have to give a little bit of context to the the man that we introduce here today. Incredibly honored to have this couple with us, brother and sister Stanley from Dallas, Texas. You make them feel welcome in the house this morning. We love and honor them very much. I have to give context. They look like they should be president and first lady. They really do. Incredibly classy, beautiful couple. Their son is a hero of mine, Shannon Stanley, Pastor Shannon Stanley. He was evangelist Shannon Stanley when I met him as an eight, nine-year-old boy in Gross, Texas under Pastor David Meyer. And I walked in and I saw him. I looked up on the platform and asked my beautiful mother who's here with us today. I said, Mom, who's that dude? He looks like a cross between John the Revelator and James Bond. I can't tell. The coolest looking dude I'd ever seen in my life. Dressed like a Gucci model. Preached like a house of apostolic fire. Well read, intelligent. I was inspired. I was like, this, 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 I want to be like this guy. And those genetics came from somewhere, my friend. They came from this incredible family. I married an East Texas girl, country girl. And when I married her, amen, love our Ellie Mays and our country girls, all right? When I married her, she introduced me to a divinely inspired writer by the name of Louis L'Amour. Some of you might, have, you might know him, you might not. But Louis L'Amour wrote about a fictional family called the Sacketts. And every Sackett you read about was just unbelievably cool. Powerful, dangerous, classy. Every Sackett brother, every Sackett individual, male or female, was just incredible. And I'm here to tell you that the Stanley family they're the sackets of the apostolic realm in the world. You need to know that. And if you don't know anything about the sackets, you need to go and get the books and read about it, get the audio books. I've never met a Stanley I didn't like. I've never met one that wasn't powerful, anointed, and awesome. I had two, Chad and Corey, in my wedding. And so it is truly an honor to be able to introduce to you this morning to bring the word of the Lord to us in powerful, anointed fashion as always. If you could stand to your feet all over the sanctuary and give honor to Pastor Bobby Stanley as he comes to preach the word of the Lord to us. Let's give that hand clap to the Lord. Could we do that? Give him an ovation. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for being in this house today. Thank the Lord. Everybody shout praise the Lord. I like what I feel in this place. Amen. I was sitting there enjoying the praise and the worship and the move of the Holy Spirit. And I said, the line of the tribe of Judah is loose in this place. It's not chained to the wall. You've got him loose here today. Thank God. He's loose in every service. Praise the Lord. And you may be seated for just a little few minutes anyway. I want to say thank you. And I don't know if I... What's your name, brother? All right. Everybody said. Amen. 
But uh, it's just awesome to be here, and thank you so much. Uh, well, that introduction, I've never had been introduced that way before. And, uh, but I hope I can live up to part of it anyway. Praise the Lord. But uh, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm thankful for your pastor and his wife and, and uh, their family. We've been knowing your pastor. You love your pastor and his family? Amen. Been knowing the Joneses for many, many, many years. And he pre- actually preached for me in Dallas, Texas, many years ago when he was still evangelizing, just a young man. And uh, to give you a little background of where we come from, I pastored the New Life Church in Dallas, Texas for 43 years. Amen. And five years ago, I decided that it was time for me to step down from pastoring and bring my son in. And now Shannon's pastoring the New Life Church, doing a great job. And they have made me bishop. And uh, somebody asked me one time, what is a bishop? And uh, I know what the dictionary definition is, but can I give you my definition? Amen. A bishop is an honorary title with no responsibilities. I feel light as a feather. All of that load has been taken off of me. Amen. A pastor, I'm telling you, if you ever pastored for a week or two, you'd be willing to give it back quickly. Uh, there is stress in pastoring. You need to pray for your pastor. You need to pray for your leadership. This church, amen. Hold them up in prayer. They need your prayer. Uh, I was preaching for a pastor one time, and he told me this, and I've never forgotten it. He said, I would enjoy this pastoring business if it wasn't for people. <laughs> I said, too bad, we're in the people business. Amen. And uh, let, let me clarify that because I don't want you to think this is a, a horrible pastor because he was a great pastor, but I as a pastor knew what he was, he was telling me. All the problems and the load of pastoring is on my shoulders. And that's why I feel so good about being a bishop because when they bring me their problems, I said, I'm not the pastor. You take those problems to him. Amen. And that feels good. Praise the Lord. And I enjoy preaching around. I enjoy preaching to other people, other congregation. I enjoy being here today. And uh, wish your pastor and his wife could be here today. He, he, he surprised me. He didn't tell me he wasn't going to be here today. <laughs> He's out of town. But, uh, uh, but the Lord's here and that's all that matters. Jesus is in this house. Amen. He is in this house. And... Uh, and somebody says, well, I haven't felt much today. Well, the reason you haven't felt much is because you haven't found his address. His address is at the corner of Hallelujah Boulevard and Glory Avenue. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you. He said, I dwell in the midst of my people. He resides in praise. He resides in worship. That's where he lives. That's his residence. 
That's where his address is. If you will praise him, you will feel him. If you will glorify him, you will feel him. Praise God. Amen. You can't just come to church and be a spectator and sit on a pew like a knot on a dill pickle and expect to receive anything. Brother, but if you will praise him, <laughs> oh, the Holy Ghost is in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to stand together again for just a few moments in the honor of the word of the Lord. And uh, I need to take my coat off. Is that all right, brother? My son preaches with his own. He's younger. And I said, if you can go to heaven with yours own, I can go to heaven with my coat off. Praise God. That's right. And, uh, and one of my trademarks is I wear suspenders. I've been doing it for years because I don't have much hips to hold my pants up. Little boy, little boy asked me when I preached. He asked me one time at a place where I was preaching. He said, why do you wear your belt on your shoulders? Amen. I told him this is my safety belt. It does two things. It's my safety belt and it holds my shirt tail in. Amen. Praise the Lord. But uh, today we're going to the word of the Lord, Luke chapter 5. If you would have your Bibles for your consideration today. And verse number 27, I will follow that with Matthew 11 and 19. Luke chapter 5, verse 27, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi, sitting at the receipt of customs, and he said unto him, Follow me. And I like the next four words. And he left all. Aren't you glad that when Jesus called you, you left everything behind to follow him. He rose up and he followed him. Levi made him a great feast in his own house. There was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and the Pharisees murmured against his disciples saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered and said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew 11 and 19, in connection with these verses of Scripture, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Everybody say, a friend of publicans and sinners. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Because they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I want to speak to you for just a few minutes this morning on this thought. God's divine law of attraction. God's divine law of attraction. What is God attracted to? That's something that I want to place emphasis on today in this message. 
Amen. Could we pray together that God would anoint the speaker of his word today. Father, let the anointing flow. Let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts through your word. Let us, let us give an ear to what the Spirit would have to say to the church today. Let us give heed, O oh God, to the conviction of your spirit. Talk to us, Lord. Strengthen us today and minister to every need in this house. And all the people say, Amen. You may be seated. By the way of introducing this subject, I want to ask a few questions to get your mind to thinking today. What gets God's attention? What is the thing that attracts God? What is God actually looking for in this service today? What is he attracted to? What is God most interested in doing this morning? What attracts God? And I don't think we really know what really excites God. Some think that praise and worship coming to church excites God, and I will readily agree with you on that. I believe that God, as I've already mentioned, inhabits the praises of his people. He loves praise. He loves worship. What an awesome praise team y'all have here. What awesome worship that you have. Amen. And I believe that that, that excites God. I, I'm also a firm believer that there is something else that really God is attracted to. There is something else that God is concerned about this morning. And I think I have the answer because God has given us the understanding of the divine law of attraction. The God's divine law of attraction. I'm not going to leave you in limbo. I'm not going to leave you trying to guess it. I'm not going to leave you trying to figure it out because I'm going to bring to you right now God's divine law of attraction. What is the thing that attracts God in this service today? Why is God moving up and down these aisles and between these chairs today? I believe the answer is that God is attracted to needs today. He's looking for somebody that needs him. I said he's looking for somebody that needs him today. He's a, it's like a magnet. God is drawn to needs this morning. If you come to this service with a need today, if you come here with a, needing a miracle in your life, if you come here needing healing in your body, if you come here going through a storm, you come here with anxiety and fear and depression, God is looking for you today. Amen. I said he's looking for you today. It is God's divine law of attraction. Amen. All you need is a need for God to show up. God, that's all you need. I wonder if God's going to show up today. You better believe he is. Amen. Because his purpose in this building today is to minister to every need in this sanctuary. Amen. Oh, yes. In my text, we have the divine law of attraction. He was attracted to the publicans and sinners. Amen. He was a friend of publicans and sinners for the son of man came to seek that which was lost to save the lost amen why is he attracted to 
the publicans and sinners. Why? Because they have a need. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I welcome you today to a perfect place for imperfect people. This is the perfect place for imperfect people. Notice this. I did not say this was a perfect church. Amen. The reason I did not say that because you are not perfect. None of us are perfect here today. That's right. But but this is a perfect place for you that have problems in your life, for you that need him, for you that's imperfect. Jesus is supposed to minister to every need in your life. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is imperfect. Those that need him. That's right. Some may disagree. Some say God is attracted to faith. Oh, I know that faith exercise is attracted to God. But you must have a need before faith can be exercised. A need precedes faith. God is drawn to needs. Let there be a need and God shows up. God's not drawn to gifted people. He's not drawn to complexes and buildings and choirs. That doesn't impress God. But there's something that impresses God. I want them to help me on the overhead if they could. If they could go to Matthew chapter 11 verses 3 through 5. I want to show you something that God is really impressed with today. Amen. To let you understand the divine law of attraction. Oh yes, Jesus has and said to them all right go and tell well I'm I'm ahead of myself I need number three how do I read that all right he said to him oh yes y'all got this side by side I got mixed up there amen all right this is John the Baptist everybody say John the Baptist in prison and uh, he was going to go to the chopping block his head was going to be severed off of his shoulders he was going through the darkest time of his life the deepest trial that he's ever been in in his life and, and, and he could hardly see his hand before his face it was so dark in his life I want to tell you when you get down and going through a trial and going through a storm sometimes the enemy wants to put questions in your mind concerning your salvation concerning even the God that you serve that's right he got so depressed that there was doubt that been to creeping into his mind doubt began to come and he was wondering whether this was the Messiah or not and that's why he sent two of his disciples and he said art thou the one to come or do we look for another have I missed it here is there somebody else we should be looking for oh but I like what Jesus answered Jesus said hey go and tell John the things which you do here and see Oh, yes. The things which you do here and see. The next verse. I want you to notice. He said, the blind, Jesus said, said, the blind see, the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Hey, that's what impresses God. 
I said, that's what impresses God. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for the blind. He's looking for the deaf. He's looking for those that needs me. That's what I came for. I come to touch people's lives. Oh, yes. I'm drawn to one thing. If I could find a need, I'll show up. Jesus is looking for a need this morning. He's looking for a need this morning. Luke 4 and 17 and verse 18. And he was handed the book of prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. The next verse. Amen. Oh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I want you to leave it right there for just a few minutes. Amen. Every church has a mission statement. This church should have a mission statement. What is a mission statement? It's our reason why we exist. It's our purpose of being here. Why do you exist, Northgate? What is your purpose, Northgate? Amen. Everybody should have a mission statement. And Jesus Christ is no different. He had a mission statement. He spoke that mission statement over 2,000 years ago. And if he spoke it over 2,000 years ago, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord God and I change not. Hallelujah. And if that was his mission statement over 2,000 years ago, that's still his mission statement today. Hallelujah. I said that's still his mission statement today. He's wanted to touch somebody's life. He's wanted to heal somebody. He's wanted somebody to receive the Holy Ghost this morning. He's wanted me to preach to the poor, heal the broken, liberty to the cat. Hey, that's his mission statement, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody shout yes. Oh, yes. Does anybody have a need today? He's trying to find someone that needs a miracle. He's trying to find somebody hurting today. Somebody that needs healing. He's looking for a dysfunctional family. He's looking for somebody in a financial crisis. He's looking for the drug addict. He's looking for the alcoholic. He's looking for the prostitute. He wants to bring deliverance. Who is it today that needs him? Who is it today that needs him? God, what can we do to get you to show up today? And God says, bring me the hurting. Bring me the messed up. Bring me the dysfunctional. Bring me the sick. Bring me the troubled. Bring me the distress. Bring me the drug addict. Bring me the alcoholic. And God says, if you fill my house with problems, I will fill my house with my presence. (laughs) 
Somebody says, I've got a messed up life. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for a messed up life. He's wanting to find somebody that's in a mess today. Preacher, you don't know about my past. That's why God said, I'll eradicate your past. Hallelujah. I'll deliver you. I'll set you free. I'm trying to find somebody that needs me. They then got it up there. John 4, verse 3. Leave it on verse 3 for a while. I want to show you something. Look at your neighbor and say, he wants to show us something. Amen. Jesus said, I must need go through Samaria. Yeah. Or Judah, rather. I'm sorry. Galilee. I must need go through Galilee. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. You history historians, if you ever studied the map of the Holy Lands, you got Galilee in the north, Judea in the south, but between Judea and Galilee is a little country called Samaria. And the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. You're talking about prejudice. Talking about racist. Hey man, you didn't know any racist and prejudice. You got to an old Orthodox Jew. They hated the Samaritans. They would even go through the country of Samaria if they wanted to leave uh, Judea and go to Galilee. Historians tell us that they would cross the river, cross the Jordan River and go up the other side out of their way, and they crossed back over the Jordan River to get to Galilee. They wouldn't place foot in the country of Samaria. Amen. Oh, but he needed to go through Samaria. The, the, the King James says, I must needs go through, amen, Samaria. I got to go through Samaria. And the disciples probably said, Lord, we don't do that. We don't go through Samaria. Amen. I got to go to Galilee. But he said, I must needs go through Samaria. Lord, you know we don't go through Samaria. You know how we hate the Samaritans. Amen. Oh, but he said this. There's a little woman at the well of Sychar that needs me. Somebody needs me. Somebody needs me needs me he's attracted to your needs today amen yeah he said somebody needs me at Samaria I don't care if we don't go through there I will cross denominational barriers I will cross racial barriers it don't matter to me nothing's going to stop my love nothing's going to stop my love I've got to go to Samaria because somebody needs me believe this morning that the Lord looked over to his angels today and said hey I must needs go to Northgate today why Lord are we going to Northgate today because there's going to be somebody that needs me 
Somebody needs a miracle in their life. Somebody needs healing. Somebody's going through anxiety and depression. Somebody needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their life today. I got to go through Northgate this morning. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus is in the house. The miracle worker is in the house. The deliverer is in the house. The healer is in the house. Oh, yes, he is. Welcome, welcome. You're at the right place at the right time. It's not by accident that you're here. God has brought you to this place for such a time as this. God's brought you to this place for your miracle. I said God's brought you to this place for your miracle. I promise you the reason there's such a displace of God's glory in this church is not because we're good praisers or good singers or good worship, but there's a few hundred needs that have gathered here today and God is attracted to needs. God's looking over this audience. He's looking for a mess. He's looking for a problem. He's looking for somebody. Amen. The reason some of you can come to church and never get excited, you never worship, you never shout, just sit there, you don't have a need. But if you ever get a need, you're going to want to touch him. You're going to want to touch him. I promise you, if you would ever realize you have a need, your need will propel you to do something. God is a God that rewards effort. Everybody say that with me. God is a God that rewards effort. I've had people come to church and sit on their backside and say, well, here I am, God. Here I am. You know all about it. You know what I need, God. If you want to bless me, you'll bless me. If you want to heal me, you'll heal me. You want to give me my miracle today. Here I am, Lord. Just because you showed up don't mean God's going to show out. Sit there on your backside and be a spectator on those chairs and watch everybody shout and worship and praise God and sing and magnify Him and you do nothing. God doesn't work that way. Amen. He wants to bless me. That's not even scriptural. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. You've got to ask him. You've got to seek. You've got to knock. You've got to do something. The Bible says, draw nigh to God. And he'll do what? He'll do what? Sister Billy, is that you? My God, I've been knowing her for years. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Take one step toward God, he'll take two toward you. Don't just sit there, your miracle's waiting for you. Don't just sit there, God's wanting to minister Let me show y'all how that works. That's right. Let me show you how it works. If you're going to catch fish, you got to throw the net in the water. 
If you're going to pay the taxes, somebody's got to go catch the fish with a golden coin. If you're going to have wine at the marriage supper, or rather, yeah, at the supper in Cana, somebody's got to fill the water pots. Notice this is the first miracle he's ever performed. Yes. Amen. This is, he didn't start his earthly ministry yet. And Lord, they have no wine. That's right. I want you to know something. Remember this. Nobody else in that room knew who he was because he has not yet performed a miracle. That's right. And, and nobody knew who he was. And Mary went to him. There, there was a need. Everybody said there was a need. Yes. Aren't you glad to, you know who to go to when you have a need? Amen. She went to Jesus and said, Jesus, they have no wine. And he looked at her and said, woman, what has that got to do with me? What's that guy? My, and he said, my hour is not yet. Shh, be quiet, Mary. Be quiet. Shh, that nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows who I am here. You got to be quiet. My hour's not yet come. He called her woman. If I call my wife woman instead of baby, I might be sleeping in the doghouse. That's kind of was an insult. Woman? He didn't even call her mother. Woman, what has that got to do with me? Oh, but I tell you what, I think in my imagination, oh, Mary said, Mary said, hey, it's got a whole lot to do with you because I know who your daddy is. I know who your daddy is. I know where you come from. I know who you are. I know who you are. Hey, Jesus' name, apostolic, do we know who he is? I said, do we know who he is? Hey, one God, Jesus' name, tongue-talking apostolics, you ought to know who he is. He is the mighty God in Christ Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's a bright in the morning star. He's everything. We know who he is. And because you apostolic knows know his identity, you ought not be afraid to go to him in the time of need. Hallelujah. Mary is the only one who to know who to go to. She's the only one in that house who to go to because she had an identity. She knew who he was. Hey, I know who he is. He's the miracle worker. He's the deliverer. He's the healer. He's the one that can touch my life. Somebody say, I'm waiting on God. Oh, y'all got ahead of me there. Who said that? Amen. That was my next line. Hallelujah. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting. Who's, whose move is it? Who's waiting on who? He's already went to Calvary. He's already shed your, his blood for your sin. He's already had his stripes laid on his back. He's already paid for your salvation. He's already paid for your... It's your move. It's your move. It's your move. Don't just sit there. It's your move. 
He was God manifest. Jesus, God manifest. Have me, have me. You know what he told those servants? You know what Mary did? She wasn't even insulted that he called her woman. Some of you ladies would swell up like a loser and a toe for the buckshot if your husband called you woman. Amen. You know what Mary did? She turned right around to Jesus and said, you just do whatsoever he said. I got confidence in him. I got trust in him. I believe he's going to come through in the time of need. I may believe he's going to come through in the time of need. You believe he's going to come through in the time of need? That's right. You just do whatsoever he saith. And he called the servants. And he said, fill the water pots with water. Now, do you believe he was God manifesting fish? How many believes he could have said, water pots, be thou filled with wine and bingo. They've been filled with wine. How many believes that? All he had to do was speak the word. Just speak the word. He don't operate like that. He operates with the fact that if you do the possible, I'll do the impossible. You do the possible, I'll do the impossible. You go fill the water pots with water. And I like what the scripture said. The servants filled the water pots to the brim. Everybody say brim. You know what that tells me? You can have as much God as you want. You can have a little bit of God or you can have a whole lot of God. You can have little power or you can have a lot of power. Amen. It depends on how much you want. I brought this to church today to show you what I'm talking about. Years ago, we used to sing this little chorus. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench the thirsting of my soul. My God, have mercy. If that's all thirst you got, you don't have much thirst. <laughs> that's what's wrong with a lot of Pentecostals. It's not like it here. Not, not, like, not like Northgate because I've already watched you worship. Amen. But I've gone to some churches where you was talking about the line being chained up. I've been to those churches where I knew that all the people had were cups. It don't take much to fill a cup. Your cup is full after the first song. Don't take much exercise. Don't take much sweat. Don't take much effort. I'd sit on my backside and get my cup full. Amen. That's right. Brother, I'm telling you, I don't, I'm not satisfied with a cup of God's blessing. I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. Listen to me. Amen. Another part of that song says, bread of heaven come and, and fill me till I want no more. If all you got is a cup, you ain't got much hunger, I'm telling you. It don't take much, much bread to fill up a cup. Amen. Brother, but this little preacher, and it would do good for everybody in this church to practice this. This little preacher, I made up my mind that when I come to church, <laughs> when I walk through the door, I'm going to bring me a 55-gallon drum. Hallelujah. Fill me up, Lord. I want you to fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. 
That means I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship. I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to magnify him. I want him to fill up my drum. Hallelujah. You think I'm just going to sit there and just get a little cup of God's blessing? You can have all of God that you want. Hallelujah. Oh my God. You can only receive as much as you can contain. You only get as much God as you want. Those servants said, we're going to fill it to the brim. <laughs> because I want all of the wine we can get. <laughs> I walk through the doors at Northgate. I come with a drum. I come with a barrel. I come with something that I can get from God. Everybody say, God expects me to do the possible and he will do the impossible. Amen. That's right. Naaman, if you want to be healed of your leprosy, you got to dip seven times in the river. Amen. Walls of Jericho, if you're going to fall, somebody's got to march around the walls. Don't just sit there. Don't just sit there. Jesus is in the house. You're going to receive your miracle. You're going to press your way through the crowd, little woman. That little woman with the issue of blood. She said, I must touch him. I must touch him. i got to touch him. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Is there somebody here today that says, i got to touch him. i got to touch him. i got to touch him. I gotta touch him. I gotta touch him. Sit there. Sit there, little woman, and you'll die in your blood. That issue of blood that's draining life out of your body. Sit there and let him walk by. Sit there and let him go on down the road. Don't do nothing. And you'll remain in your sickness. And you will die in your blood. But I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna press my way through until I get my miracle. Somebody needs to press your way through today till you get this miracle. Can I get some music up here? Give me some music. Somebody needs to press your way through till you receive your miracle. Let me tell you what God's looking for today. I remember the story of Adam and Eve in the garden when they sinned. The Bible says that God walked in the cool of the day and he cried out, Adam! Adam, where art thou? How many believes that God knew exactly where they were? You believe he knew where they were? 
Why did he ask the question? You know where I am, God. Why are you saying, where am I? You know where I am. No, the reason he said, Adam, where art thou? I'm looking for a response. <laughs> I'm looking for a response. I'm looking for somebody to make a move. It's your move. It's your move. It's your time. It's your miracle today. It's your healing. I want you to know I'm waiting for you to make that move. And I can't help but believe that God is walking down the aisles of Northgate today saying, Sinner, where art thou? You that need a miracle, where art thou? You that need healing, where art thou? You that's going through depression, where art thou?